This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are on the site, we give them away, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. I just heard a click. I don't know what that means. I think we're still connected. It appears we are. Okay, good. <laughs> anyway, on with the show. So, last night, uh, I said we had... I, I wanted to talk about two things we never got to, and I, whenever I sell something on the air, I always feel obligated to get to it. So, first off, we'll do a personal issue. Then, we'll talk about what happened to the 190,000 AK-47s that the federal government sent over to Iraq. You can probably guess what happened to them, but we'll talk about it. First, to uh, the email box for a personal issue from an anonymous Free Talk Live listener, for reasons that will be revealed shortly. He says, hey guys, I have a personal issue that for various reasons I just don't feel comfortable talking to about with my family or friends online or in real life. So maybe the Free Talk Live listeners might have some input for me. And if you do have input, the number is 800-259-9231. Make a note. He says, I'm a 20-year-old college male geek who has never had a girlfriend. Though not from lack of at least moderate trying, my whole adult life I've never questioned if I was straight or not. I know I like girls, I fantasize about girls, and have had multiple crushes on girls during my lifetime. If I were gay, I wouldn't have any problem with being open about it. I wouldn't try to pretend to be something I'm not, nor try to conform to some standard in any way. I have no worries about acceptance or trying to fit in. Recently, however, I have started to notice that I've had some thoughts about other guys, and this has started to be reflected in my adult entertainment choices. I still have more thoughts about women and prefer to have more, uh, much more male-female adult entertainment over the male-male. Yet I can't deny that an attraction exists. I started reading about online, uh, started reading about bisexuality. Of course, I've heard of it before, and, but I just brushed it aside. I thought that most likely the majority of people who'd call themselves bi are really just gay or straight and either aren't turned off by members of the same sex or are just interested in reading in, excuse me just interested in sexual pleasure from whoever it comes from after reading about it more though i learned about how bisexuality doesn't mean you necessarily like both sexes equally and about the kinsey scale which right. it links to uh, for that more that was going to be my comment what um, what about the what about the Kinsey scale? I don't know much about it. That there is a Kinsey scale, and I believe it goes on uh, maybe one one through ten, one through five. It goes through a numerical basis, and you're sort of heterosexual. How gay are you? That's sort of a thing. one, and uh, really gay at a ten. And would you call yourself a nine? What would I call myself? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care to share my Kinsey score today. Thank you very much. Is there a test you can take? Um, I don't know that there is a test that you can take. I, okay, I think I don't know. I mean, I'm sure right. that you can find the Kinsey test um, if, if if you Google it, if there is such a thing. But uh, got it. Yeah. Anyway, he says this makes me wonder if I might be a one or a two on the Kinsey scale, which has made me become unsure about myself and question my sexuality. If I were to say come out to my friends as gay, I know that at least 80% of my friends wouldn't care in the least, in the good way, and nothing would change between me and them. Yet, if I were to come out as a bisexual. I'm not quite sure how they would react to it. In my mind, I see many, if not most of them, not understanding, thinking that I'm gay but afraid to come completely out, straight and just trying to grab attention or be provocative or some other mix thereof. I see any girls that I ask 
I see any girls that I ask out afterwards, say at my school, think I'm think I'm gay and I'm just trying to be provocative or excuse me, and I'm just trying to make an appearance of being bi straight by asking them out and thus turning me down because they don't want to be used by me. Those problems aside, my main issue comes down to me being unsure if I really am bisexual or just straight and in a lack of a girl and in lack of a girlfriend has become a little bi curious because of my young male hormones. It would be easy for me if I was just gay or straight, but not knowing for sure like this is just well frustrating and confusing. I don't want to come out as bi, date a guy or two, and then figure out later that I really wasn't. I'm not sure how to tell if I really feel that way. Or is it just a case where it's been too long since I've gotten laid? Do you guys or any of your listeners have any experiences with feelings like these or any input or suggestions from me? Thanks and keep up the great show. 1-800-259-9231. Did you ever struggle with uh, bisexual feelings? How did you handle it? Uh, how were you received if you came out of the closet, so to speak, as a, a bisexual by your friends or family members and that sort of thing? At least by the he's concerned about his friend set that is normal that he believes would be okay if he had come out as a gay man, but would think he's trying to I don't know it, wouldn't necessarily think he's being honest with himself if he came out as a bisexual. That seems to be his concern. Well, um, did you want to jump? Well, in? now how old was uh, the? He's uh, in college. He's twenty years again. old. He says he has never had a girlfriend, but he's tried. So, well, um, my thought process on that would be, um, you know, I don't know whether he's, uh, in fact, a, a weirgen or not. Um, a, we- a what? You'd have to be uh, from my generation to even understand that joke. Like a weird person? Or no, a, a virgin. Um, it, but oh. there was a movie out there where they called virgins weird. Gotcha. Anyway, I don't know whether he is or not, but um, before he well, goes... That's, that's an interesting question, because he says in the beginning of the email that... He's never had a girlfriend. He's never had a girlfriend, but at the end of the email, he says long. it's been too long. Too long could mean anything. Um, it could mean 20 years. And, uh, you know, it, it could Ever. just be too long. Yeah. Anyway, and I would say that uh, before he goes exploring these new feelings, um, that he probably just needs a girlfriend. Um, you know, I'm not saying that he isn't... Maybe uh, if one is uh, completely heterosexual on the uh, um, you know the Kinsey list, that he's not a two or a three. Um, I, I think that he can likely live a completely fulfilled life without uh, having experimented in this area. But that's just my opinion, mm-hmm. um, and I'm rather conservative when it comes to these things. I think that probably he needs to find the girlfriend first before he goes blurting out these things, and that way he. Uh, you know, he knows for sure that, um, you know, after his uh, urges have been satiated to some extent or another, that uh, this is, in fact, what um, his deal is. Well, it doesn't sound like he has much relationship experience either way. So he to recognize what urges he is having, he I would agree with Mark that he just needs to try the girlfriend first before he jumps into something else he's not so sure about. Yeah, and life is a lot easier, heterosexual. I mean, I'm not saying that uh, people shouldn't be gay or whatever. I'm only saying sure. that life is easier if you're heterosexual. There's more people to choose from. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's no stigma attached to it. All those things. I don't know if I, if I see any benefit to shouting this from the rooftops. I mean... We're pres- you're presuming he can just go out and get a girlfriend tomorrow. I don't know how easy that's going to be if he's if he's su- suggesting that he's been trying to get one and has been it's, striking out. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy, and I'm not going to say I'm not saying that he's going to get it tomorrow. I'm only saying that you know if he stays open to getting a girlfriend, he will get one. 
you know, that's just the long and the short of it. Um, there are just as many well, as women. As long as he's not, you know, in his basement at all times playing video games. You do have to be out um, where the girls are. The, right. uh, the first rule, that my, my first, Mark's first rule of dating is stay around a woman long enough and sooner or later she has to take her clothes off. <laughs> well, the, I'm sure the same is true with guys. I don't I, know. I, I mean, yeah, you have to know where the guys are. I never try to get them to take their clothes well, off. No, but well, I would which, imagine it works the same way. Again, this could be. Um, I think that he should certainly consider experimenting if he's feeling those feelings and is interested in, you know, thinks he might be interested in some alternative relationships. Then I don't think it would necessarily hurt to sort of quietly explore that. If he keeps striking How out, how quiet are you going to be able, be able to be? There's, you know, the the I thing is, is, the secret's only a secret when it's only you that knows it. And we don't know likely, if he lives in a small town. We don't. The know possibility exists that the uh, the, the guy that uh, he decides to experiment with isn't discreet and uh, blabs it all over the place. Certainly, the possibility that um, wouldn't be any fun at all. Well, and again, it would depend on the sort of the networks that he's operating in, right? Mm. If he's living in a small town and there's, you know, probably a small chance that there won't even, I mean, there's a there's a very small chance there will even be a uh, gay person that he is oh, aware of. there's a gay of, person right? every, every town. Right, but there, you know, there's not gay clubs or anything like that in small towns to True. where you can go and easily locate them. Uh, of course, then there's the internet might be an interesting way to reach out to potential mates, uh, both straight girls, and, uh, both female and male. More of them there. Well, again, I'm I'm not necessarily shooting down the idea. No. He's having certain feelings. He's, you know, he's expressing them to us. And, um, you know, if you can't get the girlfriend, maybe experiment the other direction. But I don't see any reason to go out. And if if you if you feel uncomfortable about what your friends are going to think, you need to be more comfortable with yourself first before you let loose on them. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Any suggestions for him? Call in. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's on the site for free. We've got over a quarter of a million posts on our bulletin board system. That's a lot. Uh, There's some serious issues there and fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. Get interactive with us and the other listeners of the program. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Dot com And you need to know that as the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to d2z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's d2z.org. We are talking about an email from one of our listeners who only identifies himself as an anonymous geek. He is a 20-year-old college male geek who has never had a girlfriend. Uh, at the end of the article, or the end of the email, he does suggest that he may have had sexual relations with one at some point in his life, but doesn't make that explicitly clear to us. Nonetheless, he has tried, uh, apparently, his damnedest, to uh, to get himself a girlfriend. As many young 20-year-old males are doing. and um, Right now as we speak. You know, I might point out that I didn't really have a girlfriend until I was 22. So... This isn't necessarily too unusual. It happens uh, to people. Uh, but he's been experiencing some thoughts in his head that... I'm not sure it's are, a disaster either. Um, I made you know, some sexual choices when I was younger that probably could have gotten me uh, in trouble. In oh, the yeah. sense that uh, I could have been a daddy. Absolutely. I'm, I'm quite pleased that I... I mean, I, would have, I wanted one when I was 17, 18, 19 and all that. But it, you know, it, it didn't happen. And when I became an adult, working was way too important to me. And so I, I really focused on that. 
And that was a good thing because focusing on me first allowed me to make myself more desirable uh, to the opposite sex. So that could be part of the problem. You know, it just may be that he's just not to that uh, desirable phase quite yet. But nonetheless, he's been thinking about uh, some possible... You know, I guess gay thoughts, for lack of anything else. And he's wondering if he's a bisexual, because he still has um, mostly thoughts for women. So sexual thoughts um, involving women, but he's been having some involving men recently. And he's wondering, well, you know, what does he do about this? Does he uh, does he ignore it? Does he come out of the closet as a bisexual to his friends and his family? And uh, you suggested, Mark, that he really try to continue to work towards getting a girlfriend, right? I would. And Nick, would you concur with that? What was I'd say he should try that first, uh, but I'd also say it seems pretty clear he's a bisexual, in my opinion, from, right. from what he's written. So it's more of a matter of whether he wants to, at some point down the road, come out with that, or whether he wants to just not pursue that. But yeah, I'm not exactly sure whether I'd go slapping the term bisexual on the guy. Right. Um, I mean, you don't do it on yourself, Mark. Uh, so. No, I don't. Right. <laughs> and here's the reason, um, is because <laughs> generally you're talking about... This is the reason right here. It's because you go ahead and uh, jump out there as a bisexual guy, and bam, you're gay. That's it. Mm. And that label, it's she sticks with you as long as anybody who happens to know knows. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it's not necessary. You know, if a guy's trying to be heterosexual, has found that, uh, you know, this is what he likes in particular, it's going to be real damn difficult uh, living that little thing down. And I'd like to give a personal story, if I may, a personal bisexual story, if I Hold could. Hold off on that. Don't oh, let boy. me forget about it, because we got bet calls. You won't. We got calls rolling in here. Okay, we're going to John in Ohio. First things first, listening on WAIS. Hello, John. Yeah, I don't think the guy should buy himself any problems. He should buy himself some experience. Uh, I had the same girlfriend from the time I was 14 till I was 21. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was 17, I went off to the military and uh, gained my experience the professional circuit. And with experience comes uh, confidence. The and, professional uh, circuit does that, does by the professional <laughs> circuit does that mean you hired uh, prostitutes? Absolutely. Okay. And. Uh, you know, like I said, with experience comes uh, confidence, and with the confidence, uh, he'll uh, be far more attractive uh, to the young ladies. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, it's an awful uh, leap, like you said, to go into something that may not prove uh, it's got a whole lot of uh, bad areas. He, he only thinks he knows how his friends and family would... Uh, Sure. Uh, you know, respond. Some of it's going to go poorly. But I, but I would tell him, try the professional route, get the confidence, and uh, everything else will fall in line because young men like young ladies who are ugly ducklings, they often blossom into very uh, attractive to the other uh it really is the truth. John, you sound like a man with some experience, and I really appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. I like and his comment about the ugly duckling. It's absolutely the case. I would caveat uh, John's um, suggestion with protection in no matter what you do. No doubt. No so, doubt. Don't um, want any babies. Yeah, well, well, and whatever uh, else diseases, could happen. Right. <laughs> Believe me, there's a lot of things that could happen. So um, my personal story. Look, I was, uh, and I hate telling prison stories. I wish my life wasn't about this, <laughs> but it is to some extent. I spent 
a little over eight years in prison, and so my life's about that to some extent. Yes. Um, it would be a lie to say that I was in prison for almost nine years and didn't have some kind of gay thought. Now, fortunately, I never had anybody uh, rape me or whatever in prison, and uh, I never decided to go the route of uh, getting um, one of these, uh, you know, prison boys that, uh, you know, pranced about in tight pants. But I considered it. And the thing that kept me from going, you know, and doing that is, look, I don't want to get out in the free world and somebody asked me if I had gay prison sex and I have to say yes or mm. lie. And, you know. Did you have a little fooling around? None. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. I, I believe what you want. Was that the only part of the story? Or just... That was it. I'm oh, just okay. saying that there's there, there will be regrets, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, coming from some guy who's had the thoughts, look, I don't think it's a good idea. There'll be regrets. Do you think it's coming from the you know the factor that he just hasn't had? And this is what he's suggesting that he just hasn't had the experience. I don't know just, what I can't. I, there's no way to um, for anyone to say what the factor is that uh, you know is causing it. But I, I think that he needs to get the experience um, one way or the other, and um, that's that'll probably solve his little problem. Back to the phones to the amplifier line, Johnson. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey. So okay, Mark's got an excuse, Ian. I want to know if. Uh, you, you know, were you you weren't involved in a relationship, real relationship, until you were 22. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, did at any point during that time did you ever start thinking about dudes? Did not. Did not. No. So that that should be an indicator right there. But I I'd like to chime in and sort of say that you know I think that your uh, suggestion that he should explore that is. Wow, is that ever off base? Um, I think that you don't necessarily, you know, I, I think Mark uh, said it, you know, pretty well. It's a sort of a dangerous area to get into. You don't want to, uh, you know, you could be considered gay. You know, there's that. And then there's, I know somebody from personal experience. It's not, not really inc- totally personal because it's sort of a friend of mine. Um, I knew this guy who was, I mean, he was a dork uh, beyond, like, he, he was obnoxious, um, he was a gamer, he was into computers, and he did not act gay, but he claimed to be gay. Um, it, he was, it was very odd. He was sort of this dirty little, like, troll-looking guy, and uh, he, he claimed that he was gay. But then, a couple years later, you know, we were all like, whatever, okay, this is weird, and, you know, people saw him occasionally with guys... And a couple of years later, he ends up with a very serious girlfriend who he moves in with, and I think he may even still be with her. Let me so, let me get more of the story if you'll hang on, okay? Hang on. 800-259-9231. I wasn't necessarily recommending that, but if that's, you know, if he's feeling those feelings, more on the way. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, including archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. 
your only choice choice for more personal freedom. Gosh, personal freedom. Personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We are talking about an email from an anonymous 20-year-old self-described college male geek who has never had a girlfriend. He likes girls, he fantasizes about girls, but he's noticed that recently some other thoughts have been creeping into his mind, uh, thoughts about guys. And he says they're not even close to as many thoughts about guys, but he's been having them and he's wondering how to handle it. Let's go back to Johnson in Connecticut. Johnson, you're back on Free Talk Live. You had begun telling us about a friend of yours who claimed to be a gay man who ended up with a, a girlfriend, and that was sort of the, where you had gotten to before we had to stop. Yeah, I mean, he was just, he, he seemed like he had had several experiences as a gay guy, and, you know, we all kind of thought, this guy isn't really gay. He's just probably, I mean, I don't want to be mean to this listener who's calling, but, uh, you know, who, who wrote in, but it sort of seems very similar experience. This guy was a geek. He was kind of a loser. He was fat. He was slovenly. He, he always had kind of uh, scruffy, uh, you know, stuff. He didn't try to dress. I mean, he did not try to present himself in any way. And, um, and no, I'm not talking about Torgo. <laughs> That's funny because uh, I was going to ask you, was it a former co-host? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about Torgo, but he does know. He would know who I'm talking about if he ever hears this. Yeah, Torgo uh, was the heavyweight lover boy. He could, uh, you know, it didn't matter that he's 400 pounds. He could get girls. Actually, you know, the funny thing is, is, is imagine as far as appearance and whatnot, imagine a short Torgo, you know, shorter than me. Jeez. You know, and, hmm? I said, geez. Yeah. So I mean, you're, and uh, so what we're talking about there is some, you know, he just he wasn't really trying, and so I think what happened was is he just. And I don't know how, but I think you just turn to other kind of uh, geeky dudes who are in that situation. So, I mean, I guess mm -hmm. if you're that kind of guy and that's what you really want to be into, I mean, if you're gay, you're, chances are even if you're gay and you're not able to get a girlfriend and you're a geek, guess what? You're not going to get the greatest stock in guys either. So do you want a beefy dude? I mean, is that what you really want? You know, is that where you want to go? Because you're not going to get, you know, a little twink uh you know, uh, skinny guys who are, you know, your average, ooh, I'm a flamer gay, you're going to get, you know, a bear. <laughs> you're going to be in the bear movement as far as uh, gays would be concerned. And if people don't know what a bear is, that's sort of a, a fetish among the gay community for big guys with beards. Big, big and, hairy guy, yeah. That's yeah. Um, so, I see where you're coming from. It's good that from. you're keeping us up on the gay lingo there. Yeah, and I, and I agree. <laughs> I agree with where you're coming from. All I was saying is... You if mean, he keeps, Mark, you didn't know already? I did not. <laughs> All I was saying was that if he keeps striking out with the ladies and he keeps having the thoughts, I don't think there's anything wrong with quietly sort of exploring those uh, those feelings, but you're saying that there is a problem with that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was that again? I said if he keeps uh, if he keeps striking out with the ladies... And keeps having feelings for guys. I, I suggest that it, you know, it may not necessarily be a terrible thing to quietly sort of explore that. Do you See, disagree? But I don't think. I don't think. Yes, I would disagree with that because I don't think that that should be uh, any sort of a, a stipulation. I mean, him striking out. That that's not. Uh, that's not an excuse. I mean, there are guys out there who strike out. I mean, the only. I think that the only valid reason should be that that's what he wants. You know, if if he wants really wants to to go bisexual or go gay, he's watching fine, he's watching I, gay porn. Uh, yeah, now and but then. I don't know. It, you know, it, it seems like almost like he he's gotten to the point of where he's so desperate it doesn't even matter. It's like he's almost like he's becoming asexual. I don't know if that's. Hmm. It, I don't know. It sounds certainly interesting, but I mean, 
I don't know that he's there, you know. Sure, it's hard to know. All we know is what we can read in the email. Right, I'm not convinced. We really have to talk to him to really know where where he's at. From what it sounds like to me, he's not there. And I I think that the wise choice would be to just, you know, clean yourself up, act like a man, and go out and do something. I mean, it's it's really all about confidence, and it's about putting yourself in situations. I mean, as a geek, and I can speak from experience on this, although I'm not sort of in the same boat as you, Ian, because I, I had a lot of experience by the time I was 22, but mm-hmm. um, I, it, you just have to put yourself in situations where you are around women. And if you're as a geek, especially in this day and age, if you're always sitting in front of a computer or in front of a game console or you know something like that, then you're not going to be around women ever. For somebody who's a geek, I would try and find you know, geeky activities, maybe go to a Ren fair, go to a bookstore, <laughs> go to uh, gaming conventions. What or, is this term, Ren fair? What is that? Renaissance Festival, oh, uh, like see. the medieval fair, that sort of thing. Johnson, right. great suggestions. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line to Sean in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live, Sean. Sean hey, in New God. Jersey. Hey there. Hey, uh, first of all, I want to see that last caller was really disrespectful and stereotypical. Okay. Uh, that the conventions and everything. I mean, just because they they like video games and stuff, don't mean they're complete nerds and everything. You know. But and wouldn't you say that there's more people that? Um, I mean, it, it. I would think that a lot of people that go to the Renaissance festivals would self-identify as geeks. Yeah. No. No. That was my point. But uh, okay. that, that's, that's the point. Um, I just want to say that I think the guy, the 20 year old guy, didn't never had a girlfriend. I think he did have a girlfriend all along, and. That girlfriend was his hand because he jacked it off. Thanks a lot. for the call. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. So would you say that was a better crank call? <sighs> no, not really. No, uh, I'd actually say it was a. Yeah. It was like a two on the ten. On the ten scale. See, here's the the, the problem with those uh, particular crank calls is they're they're sort of self defeating in that. Um, the possibility exists that the American Family um, Association or count, American Family Council um, could complain to the FCC, at which point you don't have a free talk live to crank call anymore. So try to keep the crank calls funny well, and not, not of an ones. entirely sexual nature. It's In theory, someone could complain. They but, could. Uh, you know, at this point, we aren't the ones encouraging it. No, um, we're not uh, paying. You know, we're just it. taking That's calls. That's the rule. So um, 800-259-9231. The station could likely not want to hear that crap. Oh, right. there's no doubt about that. Um, anyway, so just, uh, just some final thoughts on this uh, this young gentleman who is having some conflicting sexual issues and isn't sure how to uh, to handle them. I think that after hearing all the input from the listeners, and of course you're still welcome to call in at 800-259-9231. He's got the input. Um, I, I think that my suggestion from earlier as far as you know, work on yourself, whether or not you're gay or you're straight or you're in between somewhere – Either way, if you are working on yourself and focusing on your, you know, your career, making money, increasing your your slice of the wealth pie, that sort of thing, and uh, making just putting yourself in a better position in life, when that dating opportunity comes by, whether it be with a female or a male, when it comes by, you'll be ready for it. You'll be more desirable. Um, and it'll be more likely to to occur. And I like Johnson's suggestions about getting out. We don't know what he does for fun. We don't know, you know, what his hobbies are, that sort of thing. But he describes himself as a geek. I thought those were excellent suggestions as to things that geeks could do to go out and uh, possibly encounter members of the opposite sex. And I like Johnson's suggestion. And I don't know this, um, the 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 author of the email at all. Obviously, he's anonymous. But I like the suggestion of good clothes, shave, and a haircut. 
Um, it goes a long way. A lot of guys, you know, even though a lot of women will say they like facial hair, a lot of guys just don't wear it very well. So, shave and haircut. There you go. And I, I wouldn't necessarily stay away from the online dating. It, you can certainly strike out with it, but uh, Nick or uh, Mark, either of you had any experience with the online dating? I've, I've done it. It uh, didn't work out particularly well for me, but, you know, I've, fine. No, I've never had to do it. I'm 19. <laughs> mm. oh, okay, yeah, but, uh, good point. I, I know people, older people in their 20s and 30s who have, and they've had a lot of success with it. So. Right, gonna, it's going to be hit and miss, too. Yeah. Um, but it might be a good way for... You know, he he considers himself a geek, and there are lots of girls out there that would also self-label as a geek, and it may very well be that they are also as, you know, timid, uh, and I'm reading into his personality, but they may also have this, some of the similar sort of personality effects that he does, and so they may be only really easily accessible online, maybe a good way to find people who are compatible with your uh, your interests and that sort of thing. So consider that, and let us know how it goes. 800-259-9231. One thing you shouldn't do, though, I think we all agree on this, is don't go out and crow from the rooftops that you're a bisexual. That's not going to get you anywhere. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, inviting you to enjoy the entire site for free, because we give it away. Unlike those other radio talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites, ours is for free. And uh, you also can help the show out if you like the fact that we give you all the features on the website. You can help support Free Talk Live by going and voting for us at the Podcast Awards. It's a once-a-year sort of a, an occasion. It, they usually open up the voting for a week and a half or two weeks uh, in early August, and it is on right now. So what I want you to do is go to podcastawards.com. If you've already done it, you can do it again. You can do this once every 24 hours, once a day. So go to podcastawards.com, scroll down to the political category, select Free Talk Live, and vote for us. It's that simple. Uh, We've won the podcast award twice in a row, the two years it's been running, and so this will be our third opportunity, and with your help, we can win it again. So under uh, best mobile phone formatted podcast is our friend Red Bar Radio. Mike oh, are D. they uh, are they nominated? That's yeah. good. I didn't know Mike that. Mike D. Red Bar Radio is. We like Mike D. Uh, so you can vote for him too. But uh, go make make sure you vote for a Free Talk Live under the political category podcastawards.com. Let's go to the phones and to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Hey. Uh, two comments. Uh, sure. One, I, the reason why I called was to. Uh, uh, suggest possibly where those hundred ninety thousand uh, machine guns have gone. Yes, the, the AK forty sevens. The AK forty sevens. I would check the CIA. They're notorious for double billing or double dipping by charging twice. And on a second chance, I was wondering if maybe Neil Bush has uh, maybe a weapon salvaging contract with the U.S. government or Halliburton or Kellogg Brown and Root. What does that mean, uh, What a weapon salvaging contract? Well, I mean, you never know. Wherever there's a crisis, you'll always find Neil Bush there, whether it was the savings and loan crisis, uh, you know, looting the savings and loans, or, uh, you know, the conflict with some of the Russian oligarchs, you know, or in Saudi Arabia selling educational software, you know, to uh, non-existent clients and things. You never know, but... Uh, 
So wait, you're suggesting <laughs> you're that's su- sort of comical, but there's a lot of truth in it nonetheless. So you're suggesting that it was uh, somebody on the inside of oh, the administration definitely. that uh, sort of uh, waylaid the shipment, or absolutely because no, no, someone on the inside. It's basically you know we know that the Pentagon has lost two trillion dollars since uh, you know the nine uh, eleven period, and that's a lot of that's a lot of money that the uh, controller of the Pentagon can't account for. So, you know, I'm not at all surprised with the CIA farming out a lot of operations to quote-unquote private contractors. And, uh, you know, it just sort of, uh, uh, this stuff has gone on since, you know, uh, overthrowing Mossadegh in 53. So hold on, do you think that maybe maybe, uh, Neil Bush or the CIA or whoever it was, and Neil is uh, the brother of the the Georgian. Yeah, I mean, whenever when Lincoln's uh, savings and loan collapsed, Neil was on the board of directors. Silverado, I'm sorry, Silverado. He was on the board of Silverado uh, when one of Means the uh, <laughs> Russian oligarchs was sort of uh, in a you know in an odd situation. We find out that Neil Bush is a business partner of him. Would you uh, would you say it would work something like this? Like they ship this hundred ninety thousand guns, and you know he happens to intercept the shipment and then goes and sells them for his you know makes his own money off of them on the the black market. No, no, because what's interesting, all of those weapons have export controls, and if the government really wanted to find out or the Pentagon where they are, it's very easy to do. Hmm. If they were made in China. Uh, there is a trail with the Chinese government and the U.S. government regarding the shipment of those that can easily be traced. Interesting. And, uh, you know, so in many ways, uh, I think it just, uh, you know, I, I think really it, it sort of bespeaks this sort of very corrupt uh, situation. Remember, there's no free market when it comes to weapon systems. No there's only a handful of arms dealers in the world, and they all have to have export licenses with the governments and with the uh, corporations that you know they're uh, you know selling the merchandise from. So I mean, and it's a very small handful of players worldwide. There's only and one organization. Check Interarms in the United States. It does lots of work with the CIA and the uh, Pentagon. Very good, Frank. Did you have any other thoughts for us? Oh, yeah. The, the gentleman that's sort of confused. Sure. Uh, you know, he shouldn't worry. But on the other hand, you know, if he wants to explore, always use a condom, as Dr. Ruth would say. There are too many STDs out there. No doubt. And if he decides to, you know, uh, experiment with bisexuality, the number of possible matches doubles. As far you know, as disease with, is uh, concerned? No, no. Uh, bisexuality, then he's... It's whoever. No, if that's the case, the number of possible matches oh, for a relationship would double. Gotcha. Because we have, you know, it's a mathematical thing. But listen, uh, good talking with you. Thank listen, you, My Frank. comment about Neil Bush is humorous, but you know, as I said, uh, when you begin to look at, you know, where there's sort of a, a problem, he tends to materialize. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you for the observation, <laughs> sir. Appreciate lot, hearing guys. from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The story from uh, the Reuters. Reported at abcnews.com, the Pentagon can't account for 190,000, that's 190,000 AK-47 rifles and pistols given to Iraqi security forces in 2004 and 2005, or about half of the weapons earmarked for soldiers and police, according to a government report. Only the government could botch this up, right? I mean, private companies, they screw things up occasionally, but they're beholden to their investors and their stockholders and their employees and their customers. Uh, Can you imagine how many people would get the axe if you lost (laughs) 190,000 widgets at a company? I mean, and let's not mention that these widgets are intended to kill people.
Right. Yeah, I mean, how can this happen? It's just amazing. I think maybe Frank's onto something with his sort of inside deals um, suggestion. But nonetheless, someone got their hands on these guns. The Government Accountability Office, the investigative arm, arm of the U.S. Congress, said uh, in a recent report that the Defense Department also can't account for 135,000 items of body armor, nor can it account for 115,000 helmets reported to be issued to Iraqi forces as of September 22, 2005. So they're missing hundreds of thousands of guns, body armor, helmets, up, just All kinds up and of disappeared. Now, is the story that the uh, weapons and body armor were received by the Iraqi forces and then they went missing? We may learn more here in a moment. You know, yeah. this, is, okay. this is a war but, zone. It's difficult to know, um, you know, if everybody signed for things and holding people accountable and that, all that kind of stuff. I'll bet you Frank's right, and this is just on paper. Or, or quite possibly, it could just be on paper. Well, the GAO said the Pentagon concurred with its findings and has begun a review to ensure full accountability for the program to train and equip Iraqi forces. Quote, however, our review of the 2007 property books found continuing problems with missing and incomplete records. The report raised concerns that weapons provided by the United States could be falling into the hands of Iraqi insurgents, just as lawmakers and policymakers await a September report on the success of George Bush's surge strategy uh, for stabilizing Baghdad. One senior Pentagon official told the Washington Post some weapons were probably being used against U.S. troops. He, uh, let's see, many in Washington view the development of an effective Iraqi army and police forces as a vital step, blah, blah, blah. Officials stated since the funding didn't go through traditional security assistance programs, the DOD accountability requirements normally applicable to these programs didn't apply because Congress funded the program for Iraqi security forces outside of those programs, providing the Pentagon with a large degree of flexibility in managing the effort. So apparently they stepped outside of their normal channels of, you know, keeping tabs on things, Mm -hmm. and they did it on purpose for more flexibility, and apparently their flexibility flexed them into losing hundreds of thousands of uh, of items. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking here, and I don't see anything about them confirming... That they were received, uh, military officials... Is anybody going to lose their job over losing 100,000 AK-47s? It says... Well, they're looking into it, They're investigating. Yeah. Uh, They want full accountability. Mm -hmm. And military officials... Okay, here you go. They they issued 355,000 weapons to Iraqi security forces between June 2004 and September 2005. And they just... So apparently they issued them but can no longer account for them. It's possible that the Iraqis sold them, or it's also possible that the weapons never actually arrived in Iraq and they were actually purchased but diverted somewhere else. Sure. Who knows? I mean, when you're dealing with bureaucrats, all they could be relying on is a couple of signatures on a dotted line somewhere. Not necessarily anything more concrete than that. Yeah. But the CIA in particular has a reputation for financing its own private wars, aside from... Black money, that sort of thing? Black money and... Shadow wars, basically. Just so they steal a cache of guns and then uh, go sell it on the black market. Guns, and, drugs. Would, right. You know. So there you go. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to John in California. You're on Free Talk Live. John. Hello, John. Hey, hi. Um, great show, guys. What's uh, on your mind? Um, I was uh, curious about um, house alarms and probable cause. Uh, now, if your house alarm goes off... And uh, say uh, the policemen show up half hour later. Um, does that give them the right to? I mean, just because the alarm goes off, uh, would would that be uh, giving them mm. the ability to just to barge right in? And Excellent say, oh, question. We- we'll address it. Hang on, okay? Bring it back. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour number two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch an hour number two of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Let's go back to John in California. He'd only had a few seconds before we had to go to the news, so I wanted to make sure that he really had a chance to uh, explain the question that he was asking. So, John, if you could just recap for everybody just tuning in uh, at our radio affiliates across the country, uh, what were you getting at? Um, well, basically, I was getting at um, house alarms, and if they were to go off, uh, you know, by accident or by, you know, however they go off, um, if that gives uh, police the, uh, the probable cause to enter the home, and if, you know, it's like, say, someone, you know, uh, you know, if they uh, are required to, uh, I'm sure, like ADT and certain other home security, mm-hmm. uh, like Brinks or whatever, they're going to, you know, have people uh, call up and ask, you know, on the phone, but they're also going to call, you know, they're going to ask for a password or whatnot, and then they're going to ask uh, the police to come out uh, if, if no one answers or whatnot. But does that give them the right to enter the, the house? Uh, I'm, I'm not, it's uh, an excellent question. I'm right? not sure that whether it gives them the right from a philosophical standpoint to enter the house, but it does, um, you know, from a practical standpoint, I think the chances are very good that they will enter the house. There is something called, I think it's called the doctrine of exigent circumstances when it comes to the police, um, or something similar to that, uh, to paraphrase it. And essentially it says that, you know, in the event that there's some sort of uh, emergency circumstance, that they do have the ability to come into your home. Usually it's applied to a situation where, you know, there's a manhunt for a murderer or somebody who just robbed a convenience store and they think that he might be holed up in your house. Uh, They have the ability to come in based on that that sort of flimsy excuse uh and so it would seem that that would sort of fall under the exigent circumstances excuse that well somebody called and said that there's uh, an alarm but here you we won't gotta... consider it a flimsy excuse if somebody if calls 911 going ah! and then that's it yeah. um you know i mean that's that's when you want the police to enter C- can it be a can it be a problem except sure when they it think can. you're the suspect if you've got your um if you've got a big bag of pot sitting on your uh, coffee table um you know and, and yeah. your alarm just happened to go off because you were smoking a giant joint or something <laughs> like that yeah it's going to be a problem but you well, know okay. I mean, Essentially, doesn't it give them the right? I mean, if, like, say, they knew of a house that had an alarm and they knew the uh, couple or about person wasn't there, they could just, uh, you know, maybe break a window and say, oh, well, a burglar, you know, and just show up a little later and say, hey, oh, I was, I was just, uh, you know, doing my job. They could. They could they very could. easily socially engineer the police. I think that's a possibility. Well, that, you know, that's the, that's the idea is that the police are there to protect us. I mean, that's that's the. Uh the, the line that we're given, and certainly there are instances where cops abuse their power, and you know you hope that it doesn't happen to you. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it makes a you know a great argument to say, well, that's why we should have firearms to protect ourselves. Well, yes, but if you have a, if you have an alarm system and it goes off, you're you're essentially asking the police to come to your house and check it out. I mean, that is the reason sure. that people get a home security system. So I have to say, I. I think it's pretty reasonable for the police to come and at least ask to because come Because that's in. what you've, you know, that's, that's what you've subscribed to when you sign up yeah. for the service. And I think it would be best if you actually asked 
ADT or one of those companies, what exactly is the protocol? If an alarm goes off, you know, what can and can't the police do? That would be the best way to get really accurate information as opposed to three talk show hosts speculating on what would happen. But uh, but nonetheless, you know, I, I agree with you, Nick, that if you've got something you don't want the cops to find – don't hire one of those services, you know? That's it, and that's, I mean, that's what you got to deal with. I mean, I imagine they'd ask to come in, because I've 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 been at a house where uh, the police showed up, and they claimed that a 911 call had gone out, which we'd been there for hours, and we mm-hmm. hadn't even picked up the phone. But there there are computer errors and things that happen like that. But he just asked if we'd mind if he came in and looked around, and we said no, because there wasn't... There no, yes, you, yes, you do mind, you mean? No, we said you can come in. Oh, really? Because See, we, well, there was nothing. He, he asked, realistic. but he might, it might be just to get you out of the way, because he... Here, wouldn't no, the police, well, he asked, Wouldn't then, the police be remiss um, if, say, a 911 call comes in, and, you know, there's the just the, the holler of somebody who's uh, clearly in distress, and then they, you know, they don't get anything else off the line, and somebody comes to the door when they, they go up to the door of the house of the address they got and um, somebody comes to the door and says, nope, there's no problem here, officer. Thanks for checking. Nope, no, you can't look around. Uh, see you later. Bye. You know, and sends them off. Wouldn't the police be remiss if that, in fact, was the murderer and uh, you were just lying there uh, well, gasping they, your last breath behind the door? Breaths they would be remiss, but at the same time, if it was an accidental 911 or 911 call, then does that give them the, the ability to come in? Are you suggesting they should be able to just come in? I'm not suggesting anything. I'm suggesting that there are problems with yeah. um, a you know state sponsored uh, security system That's and true. they don't um, know their customers you know you've got to, and and if you're doing something that uh, you don't want the cops to see you better be careful that's hey, what I'm suggesting. John, thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Uh 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line for you. You know, um I think that's an important point that you're making, Mark, that there's sort of this blurry gray area of, well, what will they do? Will they investigate far enough? Could somebody be in danger as a result of them dropping the ball? I'm thinking about the house that I used to own in Florida, and I used to have a roommate, and uh, he would lock his door when he left. He had a a key lock on his door. And um, what would happen if that 911 call went out from my house? Supposedly, I didn't have a landline. I got rid of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But suppose the 911 call went out from there, and the cops wanted to come in, and I let them search around the house, and they're like, what's behind this locked door. Well, that's my roommate's room. He doesn't. Uh, he locks it and doesn't want people to go in. Now, uh, I, w- what if my roommate was growing pot in the closet? I don't know. Sure. Um, then and you didn't know. W- w- you know. So what? Are, what can the cops do? Can they push? You know, knock that door open? It's just a little interior door. You know, it's hollow core. Wouldn't be too difficult for them to knock that baby open. It's an excellent question, and I think when it comes to we haven't really discussed the idea of private police in a while, and I think it tie this could tie in pretty easily to that discussion in that if you're dealing with some sort of private insurance company that or protection agency or whatever you want to call it uh, that you had hired to perform certain tasks for you, like keep your house safe and respond right. to alarms and that you sort of thing. You could just as easily instead of hiring ADT, you could just as easily hire Wacken Hut or whatever. And Whoever it would be, they send mean, their own security guards there, and they would follow your instructions. Not only that, but they'd also uh, it probably would be important for them to verify who you are. Just as the police want to know what your identity is, the private police may also want to know that. But what they might have on file is some uh, information you've submitted previously. Mm-hmm. That way, instead of uh, Nick, if you're at a friend's house and you're hanging out, somebody acts 
accidentally dials 911, and the cops come over, and you show them your ID. It's not your name that's on the house, and, uh, you know, there could be confusion. All the more questions. There could be, uh, you know, you're a suspect now. I mean, that could be a mess. Whereas if you had hired a private service, obviously, when it comes to companies satisfying customers, they have to go above and beyond the call of duty in order to uh, compete in the marketplace. Unlike our police today, who it doesn't really matter how bad of a job they do, they're going to get their paycheck anyway. So I'm just imagining here, what are some of the things that a, a private police agency could do to ensure that they've got the right person at the right house? Well, I was thinking maybe you could have like your picture on file with the cops, or with the, the private police, rather, and, you know, you could say, okay, well, here are the, when you sign up for their service, they ask you, uh, well, who's in your household? Uh, well, my, my wife and uh, my my uh, my son, and here are their pictures, and here's their descriptions, and, you know, you give all that information to the private police agency, that, when, that way if they show up to one of these uh, alarm calls and somebody answers the door, they've got the pictures of the people that are supposed to be in the house. Or if you go out on a vacation or something like that, you're going to have a house sitter in. Send that house sitter's picture into the police, you know, the private police. That way they know at all times well, who is supposed to be there. If it's a private company, you also don't have the concern that they're going to find um, drugs or that's true. Know, for, find anything that's yours that would you'd otherwise be worried about the police finding. Because if they're employed, I mean, if they're contracted with you. They're not right. going to care what you have. They're just going to be checking to make sure nothing's going on and Safety. you're satisfied. Right. That's what yeah. they want is, is to uh, to make sure that you're okay and that uh, the right people are, who is supposed to be in the house is actually indeed in the house. You won't ever get that level of service from government police. And it's just amazing that people continue to think that, oh, we can't let the marketplace handle policing. It's too important. I think if we let the marketplace handle policing and, uh, you know, peace officer jobs, then we'd have all kinds of wonderful developments. We'd have innovation for the first time ever in the world of policing. And who knows what that innovation and competition could bring as far as people um, having a nice feeling of safety in the places that they live, more so now than they, uh, more so than they, than they do today. Well, you... I have some doubts but uh, about private policing taking over completely, but in this circumstance with security for your private home, I think it's... It's completely workable, and it would probably be a superior system. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Mark's got a batch of emails on the way, and we'll take your calls about anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark, inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female Listeners. Lori is our newest Shriner. You can see her and uh, all of the other ladies, the dozens of them uh, from around the world, that have sent us their validated photo to prove they've listened to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And I tell you, when it rains, it pours sometimes with uh, the, the new Shriners coming in. I just put Lori up on the site, and two days later, I've got another one waiting in my inbox. So that's a good little problem to have. Uh, hopefully, we'll get her up by the end of the week. Uh, nonetheless, uh, moving on here, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. 
as we go to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Bill in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Bill. Hello, Bill. Bill in Michigan going once. Bill in Michigan going twice. Let's move to Cliff- Clifford in Arizona. Clifford, you're on Free Talk Live. Clifford. Hello. How are you? Hey, what's Hi. on your mind? Um, I just wanted to talk about sports. You know, I hate to change the subject, guys. That's okay. It's Free Talk Live, Clifford. Oh, I, you can bring up anything. It's like you guys were talking. You had a great call. I'm really sorry. Sorry for what? Changing the subject. Go ahead. I mean, what do you want to talk about? All right. Sorry. Um, if you say sorry one more time, I'm going to let you go, Bill. Mm-hmm. What is Clifford. on your mind? Now you're yelling at me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't start crying. Oh, my goodness. Come here, Bill. I'll hold you. It's Clifford. Get his damn name right. Clifford. Whatever. You're you're making the guy cry. Like the big red dog. Are you still there? He dropped. Oh, poor baby. (laughs) That was great. Let's go to John in Vermont. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. What's on your mind, John? Oh, penises. All right. Goodbye. 800-259-9231. Wow, they're out in force tonight, huh? Anyway, uh, let's go to the email box, Mark. Okay. Sorry, I wasn't quite ready. Just one second. Well, you need to have these things ready when I ask you to have them ready, Okay, sir. stick it. Um, so, it says, <laughs> I've got an email here from uh, Sam. He says, I've been a fairly regular listener of Free Talk Live over the past several months, and I've learned many things. But in many ways, listening to your show has, been, has merely reinforced many of my beliefs. It may surprise you, or not, that I'm a practicing Mormon. I've heard a few comments on your show about warmongering Mormons like Glenn Beck. I want to set the record straight like any religion, so I suppose Mormons come in many stripes. But the principle of freedom, or God-given free agency, as uh, it's called in the, the Book of Mormon, is absolutely central to our belief. Man is unique among God's creations in that he is the only creature to whom God granted the freedom to choose whether to obey the laws he has given us, a rock can't choose whether or not to obey the law of gravity. A man can choose whether or not he will obey the moral law. Also, the principle of defensive war is a recur- recurring theme in the Book of Mormon. So I guess he wanted to clear that up for us. And then going on to a, um, a, a second issue that he had. On another note, I've heard you talk about the fact that you chose to stop paying self-employment taxes last year. I'm self- I, thought you, I thought it was Social Security taxes. Social Security, and I don't know what uh, he means by self-employment. I have not. Um, now, you don't pay taxes at all. No. I oh, I pay uh, property taxes. You pay pro- property taxes. I, I, pay, I don't pay Social Security. It's not a tax. Right. When you're self-employed, there are several taxes you have to pay. Social Security, there's Medicare, and then there's income tax, correct? I, I don't even know. I know there's an unemployment tax, too, or something like that. Huh. Okay. Anyway, um, I, I don't pay that. I don't uh, you know, look to that. I'm just uh, a sole proprietor on my taxes. So. so do you pay the Medicare? I'm just a sole proprietor. No, I only pay income tax. Huh. See, yeah. I don't know much about I all only the paperwork. File for income tax too. I'm 1099 as well, so. So you don't have to pay the Medicare thing, or is that included in the income? I tax? don't know anything about the Medicare thing, and I don't believe I pay it. Got How's it. that? Okay, all right. Um, we I, know you don't pay Social Security. I do not. I um, you know choose not to pay Social Security. It's not a tax. It's a contribution from the way I understand it. Um, and anyway, let me finish the, the little blurb he has okay. here, and then we can talk about Social Security. I'm self-employed, and I would love to give myself a 15% raise. You mentioned that you actually received a letter from the Social Security office informing you that it is optional. Incorrect. Who do you talk um, to, to to get such a letter? The only exception I have been able to find um, is the IRS Form 4029 that allows exemption for religious reasons. That, unfortunately, does not apply to me. Any help would be much appreciated. He's uh, He's incorrect on his premise. What's that? It was not a letter sent to you. 
Right, correct. Um, let, let's tell the story of how we um, decided that Social Security was optional. Okay. Um, we were having a Free State Project meeting in Sarasota. You know, you, mm-hmm. you would put together just the, the Free Staters, that um, people that had joined voluntarily for the Free State Project. It should be pointed out that there are local groups scattered throughout the country, mm-hmm. and if there's not a local group in your area, then I'm sure the Free State Project would love for you to start one if you are indeed a member or a prospective member or a friend of the Free State Project, and there's an entire map with all of the details about the local groups and who's in charge and all of that, all at freestateproject.org. So I had put together one of these local groups for the Sarasota, uh, the Suncoast area of Florida, and that's where we were. And yep. uh, there was one gentleman who was there. He was sort of an old school um, Libertarian Party guy that had hung around Libertarian Party meetings for a while, and he was also attending the Free State Project meetings, and that was who we're uh, we're going to talk about here. Right, and um, he had names John. J- John is that was that his name? I didn't mm-hmm. even I don't even remember. But he had showed us some correspondence between him and uh, the Social Security Administration. He essentially asked several times in several letters, do I have to pay Social Security? And finally, the bureaucrat that was writing him back, nice of them to write him back, finally relented and said, you know, before they'd been dancing around the subject and, you know, talking about how great Social Security was and, um, you know, contributions and all that other crap, finally relented and said, no, in fact, Social Security was not um, mandatory. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, that's enough. I, I looked at the pieces of paper. They look legitimate to me. Um, you looked at the pieces of paper. They look legitimate to you. Both of us would say that uh, they John... They could have been a forgery. I don't I know. suppose they could. I, I don't know why. I didn't look for a watermark or anything like that, but it had the letterhead. It, and It looked legitimate to me. There was a me. phone number there. We could have called it, I it, suppose. It makes perfectly good sense to me that uh, Social Security uh, is voluntary. I cannot imagine them putting someone in jail for not paying Social Security contributions. I've never heard of such I a thing. I never heard of it either, no. Um, they never so, made they've never made an example out of somebody not paying social security. They've they've uh, you know, they've gone after Willie Nelson, they've gone after uh, Richard Hatch from Survivor, they've gone after Wesley Snipes. Uh, these are all, all recent, on taxes. All on income tax. But no one's ever been uh, you know, attacked based on not paying social security. Right. So neither you nor I have ever gotten any correspondence um, from the Social Security Administration. I've gotten correspondence recently. Um it, it was back when I was down in Florida. So I guess it was over a year ago, but I got one of those things that shows you how much you paid in to sure. the Social Security. Everybody gets those, Ian. And, uh, well, on mine, it showed several blank years after I had stopped paying in. And it was mm-hmm. like, okay, here you paid up, you paid, you paid $10,000 up through 2002 or three or whenever the hell it was I dropped down. Mm-hmm. And uh, then zero, 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 zero. So it's not like they don't know. They know, and they didn't say anything about it. Didn't. Right, they there was no letter attached that said, you better start paying. You owe cons- this and this. We're concerned that you haven't worked in a long right. time. What's going on? They didn't say anything nope. like that. Um, I am convinced in my own heart, to my own satisfaction, that Social Security is uh, voluntary. If you wish to convince yourself further, contact the Social Security Administration and get it to your satisfaction. But I've gotten all the information I need um, from John's letter. Nick, do you think? Uh, no. Oh, well, I'm not paying anymore, and I'm not going to pay again. Excellent. No. 1-800-259-9231. But don't people want to know how they can do this, Mark? Because that's sort of the gist I got from some of the emails. Well, like, how the, do you do Get it? their address and, and write to them. But how do you not, how do you stop paying, I guess, is the issue. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This 
This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Inviting you online. Go to our website, freetalklive.com. It is all for free. Those are the radio talk show hosts. They want six, seven bucks a month to access their special features. Well, we've got all their special features and more, and it's all for free at freetalklive.com, including the wiki, over 1,375 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website at wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. And opportunistic lawyers, judges, future ex-spouses, disgruntled ex-employees, and meddling bureaucrats, all these people want your money, your home, and your car. What have you done to protect yourself? At keepyourassets.net, they're experts in sheltering your wealth. Go to keepyourassets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. They'll show you how to keep your assets. That's keepyourassets.net. All right, so we're in the middle of this email. Or I guess we finished the email. We're talking about the Social Security issue. I caught a couple of these emails in. Mark, you said you got a whole bunch uh, about I got four or five from people that wanted to know more about this because we're getting on the air claiming all three of us now not to pay, uh, not paying Social Security. Uh, Mark, you still pay income taxes. Nick, I presume you are as well. No, I file yes, um, yep. and I'm not bothering with any of that stuff. But uh, none of us pay the Social Security. And I think people also want to know how that happens. When you fill out the income tax forms, is there not a special spot for a Social Security amount that you not, not to, to my pay? knowledge? I use uh, TurboTax, and uh, so so yeah, how were so. you paying it in the past? Had you ever paid it, or did you Social just Security? Never, right, I was taking out my paycheck. So ever since you've worked for yourself, though, you never have paid Social Security. That's correct. Okay, so you wouldn't know how to do it in the first place because you never had. Right. I, you know, as far as uh, working for, for somebody else, I you would have to somehow get the accounting department to stop taking Social Security out of your check. How you do that, I do not know. Well, that, make, that's probably where the letter comes in, and you write, you have to get some kind of letter that that's official from yeah. the Social Security that's Administration. That's a good idea. Likely, it's voluntary. likely the uh, accounting department will find uh, you wanting to opt out of Social Security to be a horrifying uh, proposition. Right. And uh, you would need some kind of official letterhead to uh, make the uh, old biddies feel better. That's a good point, because a lot of accountants are, you know, their jobs depend on the tax system. Uh, not in, in all cases, but a lot of the people that, especially the ones at H&R Block, the, the companies that make their money off of the taxes, if you ask one of them, well, can I get away with not paying this? They're, they're going to tell you no. They're going to tell you it's illegal. They're going to – who knows what they'll say. They probably don't know. But if you come in there with a signed document from a Social Security bureaucrat that says it's completely voluntary, I think that would be enough to convince pretty much anybody in, in business. Well, and if you really had to, I suppose you could – and you had the money, I suppose you could hire an attorney. I, over To time, go after your employer? Not to go after them, just to give you some counsel on what is the most uh, effective and official way to, to do this. I would go in I'm and... I'm not sure there's any att- attorneys that specialize in this, and um, it could cost you a whole bunch of money. It I'd, could. But... I'd go in and offer them halvesies, you know, since uh, they're putting in uh, 7.5 and you're putting in 7.5. I mean, it's 15% is what they're taking out, but you only ever see 7.5% of it. So, Mark, you know, we like to say on the air that in our fantasy world you'd get all 15%, but if all you can get is 7.5%, if you have to make a deal with the boss to say, hey, you keep the 75 I'll keep my seven and a half, and we'll call it even. Just stop taking this out of my uh, out of my paycheck. That might be enough to motivate him, a little profit incentive to uh, to stop withholding. I don't know. I mean, you have to make quite a bit more on your money um, in order to make up for that seven and a half percent you're not getting. 
I'm just saying, you weren't getting it anyway, Mark. You weren't getting it at all. You are going to get it as a return in your Social Security. Um, That's presuming Social Security stays solvent, which is an awfully uh, risky presumption, in my opinion. Not to mention inflation, which will just chew away at it. And, and, you know, Social Security, the average Social Security is that uh, you get about 1% return, or you or your spouse. All I'm saying is if you have to wheel and deal a little with the boss to make it happen, it seems like it'd be worth it to me. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. Mark, uh, you've got more emails, so let's do a little more. What do you got? Libertarian Party, something or other? Um, it's, it, you know, it's different questions. All right. Says. Either of these questions uh, works on the show, but it would be great to hear answers to both of them. I heard Ian say recently he's no longer a member of the Libertarian Party. Not technically correct. It sounds a little more dramatic when I say it that way. I'm, I'm a life member. I joined as a life member several years ago. I don't know, early early 2000s. Uh, and I don't know. I'd have to actually go through some effort to un-life memberize myself. Right. So I, I, I can't let my subscription expire. But I don't even get the newspaper anymore. And when I moved up here to New Hampshire, I gave them my address that I was moving to. And for some reason, they never sent it to me. I think the uh, newspaper went to a subscription basis. I don't, you have to pay for it. Well, what a crappy deal. All uh, the more reason to not get, be involved with those guys. See, they started a free membership program, but... Uh, as an aside, they said you have to pay to get the magazine. When I signed up, money. when I signed up, the deal was you got that newspaper for life if you were a life member. And you should be getting it for life. I should. That's be. what they said. But I don't care that much. I don't really even have time to read it. And when, the last few times I got it a year ago, I would just sort of burn through the thing and look at anything that might have caught my eye. Whereas when I was newer into the Libertarian Party, I would read the whole thing, you know, from front to back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, am I a member? I'm probably still on the membership rolls. But they have. They send you. Uh, they send you pieces of paper asking for money. They not not since I've moved. They must not have processed my address change. So I haven't gotten a damn. Did you thing send them an ad- address? I change? swear to you, I did. Okay. But uh, not sure. They didn't. Uh, they didn't process it. So I haven't gotten anything from them. Effectively, I am not a member of the Libertarian Party. I haven't gone to a meeting in forever. I'm I'm completely inactive. But go ahead. Okay. Um and. I've been considering switching my party affiliation to the Libertarian uh, Party after all the uh, presidential voting, but I'm curious about why neither of you identify officially with the Libertarian Party itself. Well, you should answer that first, Mark. Well, I I think the Libertarian Party is um, a great educational organization, and um, I I would imagine, especially on the national level, that's what the National Party seems to be about, and over 35 years... The word about libertarianism has uh, spread around. People know about it now. A lot of people owe their uh, their experiencing liberty to the Libertarian Party. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that it's been effective at at, uh, at bringing people into the fold. No doubt. It's just, um, you know, I guess I'm of the opinion that uh, the liberty movement is beyond the point of educating and to the point of accomplishing uh, something. To getting We're people. never beyond the point of educating. I never. understand what you're saying. There should um, There's probably room for all of that. I like to be part of the team that wins. Um, you know, I'm not interested in being on the team that loses, and that's just how my personality runs. So I like the Republican Liberty Caucus. Um, they currently they do a rating. They advertise system. with us. <laughs> that they do, mm-hmm. um, as does you know a Libertarian uh, Party candidate George Phillies. That's true. So, um, but, but he's a candidate, not the party. He's not the party. No. Nor is he the official candidate. I don't need the party's uh, libertarian party's money to in order to make you know have any thought. You'd like them better though. One, yeah, I would like them a little better, but I'm not holding it against them. Sure. Um, But you know, I like the Republican Liberty Caucus simply because I'm of the opinion that they've got some guys in Congress. They're accomplishing something. Now, are there guys the principled libertarians that uh, some of the party members are? No. 
But are the par- all the party members of Libertarian no, Party principles? that's why I'm not involved anymore. I'll get into that here in a moment. But No. So um, my opinion is that uh, the Republican Liberty Caucus can get people elected. Now, Nick, um, which, where's your position on this? Were you ever involved in the Libertarian Party? I, or? I was, um, and as I, as I recall my membership at this point, I, I'm probably not technically active. Um, as far as a paying member? As far as a paying member, I am, I am registered as a member of the National Party, and I do identify with them. Um, but with organizations like the Republican Liberty Caucus, and particularly Ron Paul, I have no problem working with the Republican Party either. Sure, and, and but, uh, po- polls have shown that most libertarians are willing to cross uh, crossover and support a good candidate, whether he bears a Republican label or Democrat label or the Libertarian label, whoever it is that's out there. Putting out there the message of liberty, they're going to get behind. I mean, it's in 60 percent plus of the uh, of Libertarian Party members are behind Ron Paul. Which I think is great. I think the Libertarian Party, it's as a political organization, it's not as if they ever really get that close to political victory. Um, but particularly on a state level, I think candidates do raise a lot of awareness for concepts of liberty, and occasionally at lower level offices, city level offices, they do win. And they can set a good example, at least on a local level. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's the main reason I support them is, at this point, getting the ideas out there. And hopefully enough people will hear it. And at some point in the future, there will actually be libertarians elected to a higher office. And 800-259-9231. I can uh, explicate my situation a little bit more here in a moment. I was pretty heavily involved with the Libertarian Party. My involvement these days is pretty much nil. Uh, I'll explain what happened. And things can change. They could get ex- I could get excited again. I'm open-minded. More on the way, this is your show. We'll also talk about the dollar dropping to zero. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Then go shopping at store.freetalklive.com. We've got all kinds of great quality Free Talk Live branded merchandise and even some merchandise that's just an original design that doesn't even have our logo on it. We just thought it was cool. Wanted to sell it to you. All kinds of great stuff. Store.freetalklive.com. Uh, don't forget, you can also go to Amazon.freetalklive.com and get uh, all of your shopping done. 41 categories to shop in. Great selection, great free super saver shipping deals, and a percentage of your sale goes to Free Talk Live if you enter through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh, Mark, we just finished up an email with a question from a listener about the Libertarian Party and each host's sort of current affiliation status with them. Because I had said on the air the other night that I am no longer, I'm not a member of the Libertarian Party. It's more accurate for me to say I'm not an active member because I joined as a life member in the early part of this decade, and once you're a life member, you'd probably have to go through some paperwork of some sort to unlife memberize yourself, as I said earlier. Um, but I'm not an active member, and the reason for that was because I got burnt out. Um, like so many political activists do, I was really hot and heavy uh, doing the political thing down in Sarasota, Florida in the early part of this decade, doing a lot of outreach, doing a lot of, uh, of events at Sarasota County Fair, uh, various different gun shows, at Gay Pride Fest. I did several of those as well. So outreaching uh, for the Libertarian Party, trying to discover new libertarians, and it was really a positive experience, and I don't regret doing it at all because it helped me build my uh, my confidence in talking to people in public and that sort of thing. Uh, and 
And it was also really cool because going out and doing the Operation Politically Homeless booth and giving out the world's smallest political quiz, which you can take for yourself if you haven't yet at quiz.freetalklive.com, giving out this quiz is really a cool thing because you come across all these sort of closeted libertarians, all these people that they are libertarians, but they don't know that they're libertarians, and many of them don't even know what a libertarian is. And so it's really fun to go out and do that sort of outreach. I was doing that with the Libertarian Party. Also, most of it all on my own volition. Um, I was the one setting up the booths. I was the one uh, wrangling the volunteers for the events and that sort of thing. And after you do those events for a while, it's it's really positive when you do them. Like you feel good because you're finding new libertarians. But then you get people, you know, to give you their email addresses and that sort of thing, and you never see them again. You never see them show up in a meeting. You never. They just don't. They don't get active, and obviously that's what you want. I mean, it's good to spread liberty, but it's better to create activists. It's better to find those uh, needles in the haystack, so to speak. And to be fair, I did turn over a a handful of activists during my time, but I also processed through thousands of people. Um, And most of those activists are now members of the Free State Project and are moving here to New Hampshire. But eventually it sort of burns on you. Like, your candidates aren't winning. They're not even coming close. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I managed a political campaign while I was down there as well. Yeah, um, it was uh, Bill Van Allen's campaign, and I was there for the the, the victory party, as mm-hmm. it were. And you know, Bill performed probably the best uh, any libertarians performed in what quite some 4%? time. No, that was the first one. That was the one I managed. I didn't manage the second one. You didn't manage the second one, but he got like 34% the second time. But it was a two-way time. race. It was a two-way time. race. Um, first time it was a three-way race, correct. which is how it usually is. It's so if Bill had run it as a Republican in that particular race, he would have won. Maybe. Possibly. But he would have been going up against the Republican establishment, which is why, in many cases, Mark, it's no, hard he, to I run. Thought, oh, you mean there was no, um, there was no Democrat? There was, there was no Democrat in that race. I'm sorry. If he would have run as a Democrat, he would have at least had a shot. Right. But as far as running as a Republican, as a Libertarian, it can be tough when you've got an established sort of warmongering, big government-style Republican Party in your area, which they do down in Sarasota. And, you know, all the party leaders don't want to have anything to do with a liberty-minded person uh, rising through the ranks. So it can be difficult to actually get somebody in under one of the regular party labels. It's easier here in New Hampshire. For whatever reason, the GOP is is somewhat different culturally and politically. Everything's up here different than it is here in the South. Yeah. So. Um, so you know, you just get burned out. the The candidates aren't winning. You're not turning over really any great new activists or anything like that. And you throw in the towel and you say, "Screw it." Um, I didn't throw in the towel totally. I shifted my focus to the Free State Project because I found the Free State Project and it clicked uh, instantly. And, of course, if you're just tuning in, the Free State Project is a group of – it's an organization designed to move 20,000 liberty-loving activists all to the same state, in this case New Hampshire, which we've done. Mark, we moved up from Florida about a year ago now. And – have them get active for liberty all in the same place because the problem – the biggest problem the Libertarian Party faces is lack of concentration. They're diluted throughout the country. you got five people showing up for a meeting in a marketplace where there's 500,000 people living there. That's what we were dealing with down in, down in Sarasota. Here, at the drop of a hat, with less than 24 hours notice, 10 activists will show up to do a protest in the morning. You can schedule something the day before and have more people show up for that than would have shown up for a regularly scheduled Libertarian Party meeting down, uh, down south. So the, the complete the, the the change from there to here is so drastic and so amazing. I'm so happy I'm, I made the move. And so it's not that I became less of an activist. It's that I shifted my activism towards something that I thought would be more effective. And sure enough, turns out 
it is indeed more effective. So could I be excited by the Libertarian Party and one of their candidates again? Absolutely. Have I been excited since I've been here? No, I don't think there really are any very many Libertarian Party candidates around here. The party kind of crashed and burned. There was a point where the New Hampshire Libertarian Party was one of the stronger ones in the country. Mm-hmm, I remember that, um, yeah. They backed Craig Benson a couple cycles back, who was a somewhat libertarian-leaning Republican. I wouldn't – I'd hardly call him a libertarian. Um, and after that, the party just kind of disintegrated. There was a lot of infighting and – Typical. They, That's they, one of the other things that really got to me was the, uh, the bureaucracy of the party. Mm-hmm. Which it, it affects all political parties, so it's certainly not just a libertarian thing. But when you're sitting around at a meeting and the purpose of the meeting is to pr- plan some activism, and all you've got are people just sniping at each other's ideas, uh, saying why we can't do this and why we can't do that, or we can't give you funds for that, or or whatever, it's just a mess. Well, and the two-party system wore down the state party here as well because for for a while they were getting several percent in statewide races or for U.S. representative back in the 90s. Um, but as they they started to dwindle, people didn't vote for them for a couple election cycles, and then they missed. I think it's now a four percent um, of the vote that you need to become a major party in the state in one of a couple major races, and they didn't get that for a couple years. And once you're out, it's, it's hard to it get takes back all in. All your time petitioning. Didn't they also raise the requirement? I thought I heard that they raised the percentage uh, requirement. I think they raised it, but recently I think it's been reduced slightly. Huh, okay. I think they raised it from the 90s, and it's. I think it may have gone back down. I'm not 100% sure on that. So 800-259-9231. You're welcome to chime into this conversation and explain your current status with the Libertarian Party, why or why not you're still involved. One of the other reasons why I didn't get, uh, I dropped out Beyond the local bureaucra- uh, bureaucracy and the local just sort of, I don't know, my burnout factor, also the National Party was really disappointing me as well. Um, when I had joined the Libertarian Party, they called themselves the Party of Principle, and they still do. And when you sign up and you join the party, you have to, unlike any other political party that I know of, you have to sign an agreement that says, I don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. That translation means I support voluntary solutions to political or social problems. And they seem to be backing away from that now. They still have that, but as far as the the party's policy and the the, the things that they come out with, the, the press releases, they are not principled like they used to be. They've been sort of taken over from the inside by this cadre of... of uh, unprincipled individuals uh, that want to water down the Libertarian Party's message. They're the, essentially, their mindset is, we need to be more like those other guys so we can get elected. And that's not the purpose of the Libertarian Party. Yes, it's a political party, so they want to elect people, but also they're supposed to be the party of principle so they can get out there and do the education and show people how important the non-aggression principle is, how important it is to not use force on others. And if you've got a bunch of people infiltrating that that movement or that message and saying, well, force is okay here and force is okay here and we're going to back force. Uh, we think we should pull out of Iraq but move our soldiers to Pakistan. You know, uh, this is not what the this is not the party I joined in the late uh, the late 1990s. So, no. well, I'm a minarchist and I think they've watered down the message too much. I mean, yeah. it's not just something that anarcho-capitalists or free marketeers uh, would object to. It's it's something that they've gutted the platform. I mean, yep. for anybody who's familiar with the party, the platform used to address almost every policy issue from the position of liberty, and now they've watered it down to, a ten, I think, a 10-plank platform that 
leaves out all kinds of programs and entitlements. And the same group that's behind that watering down also wants to get rid of the pledge. They also want to get rid of that s- signature statement that really differentiates the Libertarian Party from every other party. And so with these people in charge and with these people making decisions, they're driving off the real core activists that made the party what it was. People like me, people like you, Nick, uh, we're going away. Uh, we'd love to get excited again, but give us something to be excited about. Well, I hope that people who go away come to New Hampshire with the Free State Project. Exactly would, right. At least that would give it a direction. 1-800-259-9231. That's another gripe of mine is that the Libertarian Party never really got behind the Free State Project. They no, never, never not did. at all. And I think that's a shame. Uh, hour three's coming up. You can take control. David Montana, anonymous call on the amplifier line. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number three of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is a place to go. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls. Let's talk to Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Dave. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? I called... I called about the taxes, but I'd like to say some about the Libertarian Party. Sure, man. But uh, first, I'd like to uh, remind everybody that August 6th and August 9th are the days the atom bomb was dropped on mm. uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's an important thing to remember. It is, and it's underplayed all the time. It's what we're, and we're, here we are, you listen to the news on the half hour, we're still wanting to shoot rockets at each other. I think it's an insult to humanity. We should, this, this, it, and that's why I want to talk some about uh, the Libertarian Party here. Sure. People are afraid of the word freedom. They, the free state, free this, the, they called the, the wacky militia guys free men. Anything that has that word freedom, people are afraid of freedom. Mm. If anybody talks about freedom, they think that the government got everybody scared so much that freedom means that you're, you, you, you're, you know, you could stand on your own, you know. And uh, even even these crazy people saying, "Oh, America's le- losing their sovereignty." What sovereignty all about? Freedom. When you start drawing lines, yeah. you lose freedom. And it's you lose sovereignty, and, right. and the Libertarian Party is 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 about freedom, and, and and nobody even wants to stand it because they go to the liberal thing, and they got you afraid about liberals, they got you afraid about this. It's craziness. And, yeah, the uh, government has really done a job on uh, really, language. Man, it bad, really has. Hey, whatever happened to the never get busted, dude? Uh, Barry Cooper, uh, Mark, didn't we hear from him recently? Isn't he putting some together? Uh, he's been, he's he's working on a new video. Um, What's well, about his freedom? Is his freedom being taken away? See, no, he's okay. That's he's what okay. I'm getting at. That's why the Libertarian Party is a. Uh, uh, it's easy to people laugh at freedom now. You talk about try to talk about freedom, they laugh about it. Well, they're very uncomfortable. You know, people it, laugh it, uncomfortably cr- in a in a country that's based, known for freedom and all of this. You know, you talk about freedom, people put it down. They, they want to call you all kinds of names. They, and then sure. because it, it, 
and that's all they got to to uh, revert to. You're right. They've and, been and, scared. I don't know how it happened exactly, but they've come to equate because freedom. Because we forget about the atom bomb dropping on Nagasaki. And it's really you know? critical. I think that I, I'm glad you brought that the, up, Dave. The I think United people United Nations was formed. You know, and and that. Well, I don't know. Like the United Nations into, certainly it doesn't have anything to do with them. liberty. The, I, I know. I know. Right away. See how like that 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 whole premise is being dirtied up. What what premise? The premise of uh, the premise centralization? Of that day, man, on October, uh, August sixth, and August, what, what right. humanity came to, man, what we're capable of. You know, every you know, they, if they wanted to, you know, the bio stuff. Now they got you. You know, we got to just rise above all of this this uh, control. Oh, I'm with taxes, you, Dave. What I call for about the tax? Yes. The first thing to do is to end the government's monopoly on free tax collection. What do you mean? They do, they do not pay to get their taxes collected. It's done through the employer. The employer oh, yeah. is the government's slave tax collector. If we could get the employers to say, no, we're not going to be your free tax collector no more. That's right. And let the people pay. They, they'll never care. Then we got somebody to tar and feather. Withholding but is a critical, critical card in the government's deck, and uh, it really has done a lot to uh, to increase the uh, the amount of money going into their coffers because employers, they're good little citizens. They want to follow the well, law. They want to have a business. They got to conform. They got to have the license, the permit, this, this right. and, that, and that. But if they... What it is is it was what Patrick Henry said. You know, uh, he was pissed off about the licenses and all the you know uh, permits for this and that, and I got to do this. You know, hey, but you know what they did to him, right? Thank but, you for the call, but David. There wasn't just one of them. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. He could go all segment if we wanted. Well, uh, but yes, he's right. The uh, the withholding thing is a critical issue. And uh, when did they bring that about? It wasn't at the very beginning of income taxes, was it? It took them a little while, was it? World? I don't know the history on withholding, but I would say that that's the, it's the single biggest issue facing um, America today. And yeah. people never even look at it. I'd say even more important than um, you know the, the dollar being backed by metal is the withholding. Because it feeds the beast. Sure. Um, it, it allows Americans to have a little bit of their paycheck taken away each week. They never even feed it's It's... More, it's more painless. A little bit, trying like twenty five percent. It's it's something like that. Yeah. But they never see it. They they look at the number on the check because they know that if they look at all those other numbers, they'll, they'll feel get, bad. They'll feel bad. They'll right. get confused. They you know why look at that crap? Let's look at the number on the check, and that's what they deposit, and and everything's fine. But if they had to write a check at the end of the year or quarterly mm-hmm. to pay their taxes, yeah, the taxes would be a lot lower. Because people just wouldn't put up with it. Well, it also makes them look forward to um, tax day because they look forward to getting returns on their withholdings. Right. Some right. people... Um, so it makes a, them look forward to when the taxes come through. As a little emotional back. spiff for themselves, they have more money taken out in their withholdings. So they'll get this... They'll, they'll give the government uh, you know, a 16-month, 18-month tax-free loan. That um, they can collect interest on. Right. Well, that they get... you know, I don't know what they're doing with it, but they get a tax-free loan and I'd, or um, an interest-free run, loan. Excuse me. I would love to have an interest-free loan. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. those, those are good things to get. So they give the government this loan for up to 16 months, and then they get back this chunk of money. Oh, boy, and it's, it's lotto time. Then they go yeah. out and they buy themselves something. Yeah, it's really Big. sad. I'm with uh, with Dave completely on the idea of uh, getting rid of withholding, which, of course, would require – I mean, business owners could – 
if they wanted to, stand up and, and not wait for the government to do it on their own, because that sure as hell is going to happen anytime soon. But, of course, then they're concerned about being targeted. Just as people who don't pay income taxes are concerned about being targeted, it's more likely that the IRS will go after a business owner uh, for not withholding. It has happened in the past, and it may happen again. But if if a bunch of people did it, it's the same old thing. You know, what if... People just stop paying taxes. Similarly, what if a bunch of business owners, even 5% of them, uh, stopped withholding taxes? They said, you know what? Uh, employees, if you want to go ahead and pay taxes, then that will be your responsibility from here on out. You're going to be getting 100% of your paychecks, and it will be up to you to make the decision to send the check to the government or not. I just wish more uh, more employers had that courage. 1-800-259-9231. Also, to touch back on Dave's point about Nagasaki and Hiroshima. It's a great time uh, to go and look at some of those photos. Look at some of the uh, the classic, just disgusting, horrific photographs that were taken in the aftermath of uh, of the Nagasaki and Hiroshima. If you've never seen them before, or the last time you saw them was was decades ago, they're easily accessible on the internet now. Go and spend a half an hour and just page through those photos. And they are really shocking, and you know. Everyone should see them just to take a second to think about the terrible, destructive power of these bombs. Whether or not you agree with them having been dropped on uh, Japan in 1944, 1945, whenever it was, which was totally unnecessary. Well, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not a fan of it. I think that um, you know, absolutely, they were they were uh, you know looking to negotiate a um, peace at that point, but Truman wanted to have unconditional surrender, unconditional Mm. surrender. So we killed all those people. Zero for, tolerance. You know that. Yep. And you know we didn't. Did we? Could we have saved America? Did we save American lives? I really don't see how we did. I mean, we could have had uh, conditional surrender. Uh, you know, and Japan would have kept its uh, status in the world to some extent, more so than it did. Why did the United States need to keep its status? I don't know, man. It's sick. I mean, it, it really it's, is. It's really about um, empire building. That's sure. what it was about. Well, and now you hear people talking about using nuclear weapons for a first strike on Iran. Yeah, that's now what people, you're so frightening. Now you're talking about shooting first with nuclear weapons, not even responding to a nuclear attack with them. I can, you know, I, I can sort of understand that if if you, um, if, if I was willing to go to war with a country, I would probably look at the nuclear option. The thing is, is mm-hmm. Americans should think about whether or not they're willing to go to war. It can be just as stupid and disastrous as this one, especially if we war go is about always it, a disaster. If, is, if we go about die. it in a poor fashion and don't um, declare war like we're supposed to. Constitutionally, people that, people that otherwise would have led productive, healthy lives, creating products and services, are removed from from their uh, from the economy, removed from life. They lose their freedom. In many cases, they lose their limbs. It's tragic. 800-259-9231. And to suggest the UN is going to solve any problem, definitely not. That's a terrible idea. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the site. Sign up for the updates at updates.freetalklive.com, and we will keep uh, keep you on the list and keep you clued in whenever you need to know something new about the program. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go right to the phone calls. Uh, talk to Kenny in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Kenny. 
Kenny in Montana. Going once. Kenny going twice. Do we have Kenny? No Kenny. Let's try Todd in Michigan. Todd, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. Good, What's sir? on your mind, sir? I just wanted to talk to you, uh, Ian, about um, what you were talking about before, and that was the Libertarian Party. Yes, and why I am no longer uh, in, necessarily an active member of the Libertarian Party. Well, not necessarily that. Um, I, I just wanted to tell you that I, um, I actually share your sentiments and your, uh, your feelings about the, about the party, because uh, technically, even though I am an, a member of the party myself, I am no longer an active member. Why, uh, why did you make that choice, Todd? Well... Um, I had joined the party back in August of 1999 uh, when I first started out, and um, you know I was I was all rubbed up. I was all excited. You know, uh, this was my first time actually being a a member of the party at that time, and I was very uh, pretty much active with the Michigan Libertarian Party at that point. Mm-hmm. And um, as time went on, uh, when the um, it was right after election 2000 when I noticed that a lot of problems were happening in the Libertarian Party of Michigan. There was a lot of infighting. Um, there was, uh, of course, the Harry Brown scandal, which took off. I'm sure you recall that. Uh, yeah, I didn't really think that was that big of a deal personally, but uh, maybe that's just because I'm partial to Harry. But none- nonetheless, uh, we don't need to get into that because most people don't know what it is, and it's not worth explaining. And, of course, you know, there were a lot of... Uh, um, th- th- there were a lot of problems like uh, the cronyism within the National Party, and uh, and you know, of course, you know, then uh, of course that goes right into uh, what happened at the 2006 National Convention, which you and I had discussed on my show quite a few weeks ago, and uh, it was quite interesting because um, you know um, the interesting thing about it is that a lot of the people who were attended at that convention. Um, were claiming that all the purists in the party were being pure, were being purged and whatnot, and I basically disagreed. I said no, they didn't. Ex- they weren't exactly purged. A purge is basically uh, when a party or organization says, "Well, don't let the door hit you on the butt on your yeah, way out." Yeah, we don't want your type around here anymore. That's never. It's never been explicit, right? And um, and. The interesting thing is that Tom Knapp, uh, who is the uh, creator of the Boston Tea Party, which of, of which I'm also a member of, um, he um, he was on the Cato Craft uh, radio show about uh, a year ago talking about his new party. And when he was talking about uh, the Libertarian Party and the fiasco that took place in Portland, uh, he noted that um, the, the pledge, because I was probably re- of the other reason why I called was, was about the pledge, the um, pledge, which everyone that, signs when they uh, when they join the Libertarian Party, that says they don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. Right. Well, the interesting thing is is that he noted that people have joined the pledge for joined the party by signing the pledge for a lot of reasons. But he noticed one thing, which was either the people who had signed the pledge um, agreed with it, but then later on changed their minds and didn't support the pledge. Mm-hmm. Um, the people. Um, there were others who um, signed the party, um, signed up for the party, joined, um, signed the pledge, and uh, but then, you know, uh, lied about their support of the pledge. Right. They signed the pledge uh, dishonestly. Right. And was he suggesting or, that they, those people should be purged? 
Right, and and though, and here's the interesting thing: the third reason why other um, certain LP members joined the party was, well, they signed the pledge, but they didn't exactly understand the pledge. <laughs> I don't know. Is it that unclear? Is it that confusing? Right. right, and that was the point that 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 Tom was making on the show. But you know something? I find that the pledge has become very much useless because it has never kept the impure out. Uh, um, away from the pure. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if if that was the case, then and, and Tom made this point accurately on the show. Well, then how is it that the impure came to Portland and basically scrapped eighty percent of, of the party's platform? They've completely taken over the party from the inside. I don't know if it was a. I mean, I know there's some sort of organization out there calling themselves the Libertarian Reform Caucus. They'd like to get rid of the pledge entirely, and I just think it's sad. And it to me, this is more reason why. I don't know if politics is going to be the solution, simply because there's so much infighting. There's so much, and at least political parties. Maybe you could still win some elections, like here in New Hampshire. Uh, we're going to run some candidates nonpartisan for city uh, for city positions. Mm-hmm. Then there's no political parties involved. There's none of that infighting. There's none of that BS that we have to deal with. I just don't know if political parties are the way to go. Todd, thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. After having spent years of my life being active uh, for the Libertarian Party. That's the conclusion I've come to. Well, you know, uh, we read that uh, statistic, and I, I can't remember them off the top of my head, but uh, there was a poll done, and essentially people were asked, uh, you know, d- different people were asked uh, one of two questions. One question was, would you consider yourself to be fiscally conservative or socially liberal? And the second question was, um, would you consider yourself to be fiscally conservative and socially liberal like a libertarian? So the questions were um, identical except yes. for like a libertarian at the end. And um, there was a 15% difference, uh, more than 50%, I think it was 65% or something like that, um, said, uh, yes, I am uh, fiscally conservative and socially liberal. And it was a 15% lower for people that, uh, so that putting the like word, a libertarian. Putting the word libertarian in the question scared people away from it did. answering it correctly. So, you know. Political parties. I mean, whether we're talking about the Libertarian Party, that's just because I have experience at it. A lot of our listeners are mm-hmm. can just consider themselves libertarians, but um, I, I can't talk. I can't speak to being active in the Republican or Democratic parties. I don't know what it's like. I can't imagine it's that different. Uh, you I know, think it's a lot more top down. I mean, you have to toe. I mean, right. You got to pay your dues and all that. And yeah, uh, and it's there's a lot more. I mean. There, there's infighting and there's some power grabbing in the Libertarian Party, but it's worse. It's in the worse other in the Republican and Democratic parties because, from my talking with people who um, work within those parties, because there is something to actually gain by being nominated and getting into office. It's likely that you'll be elected if you're a Republican or a sure. Democrat, and there's power to wield once you're. Once exactly right. The, the chairman of the I know the chair people of the Republican and Democratic parties, they hold a lot of, you know, they, they hold a lot of sway as far as those decisions and, and 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 the power structure of the parties. And, you know, I'm all I'm all fine with supporting a candidate. I'm all fine with getting out and, and being active sure. and, and doing things in, you know, in the public light. But all the intra party crap. Right. The party just, meetings. Blech. It just is a turnoff to me and a lot of other people. That's why people don't show up at these meetings. And they it doesn't seem to accomplish a lot. No, it really doesn't. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. We've got Kenny. I think Kenny is back. Hopefully he'll hang on. Uh, Trevor in Virginia will talk, uh, talk to you about whatever's on your mind. Also, the dollar. China is uh, apparently threatening a nuclear option of dollar sales. We'll talk about that on the way. It's Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Live streams are there. You can tune in via a broadband stream or a dial-up stream. Either one will work, and they are for free. That's freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or a limited liability company. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Back to the phones and to the fun. Let's try Kenny in Montana again. Kenny, you're listening on KGEZ. Hello. I am. I am that. What's uh, on your mind? callers from Montana tonight. That's yes, pretty sir. awesome. Um, two things. When I was in high school, I I chose to take a, a, a government class, and I was chosen to speak with Bush Sr. Um, I think I was in 92. Um, I, I was on C-SPAN, and I got to ask him one question. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, I bet. Uh, and that question, of course, was screened by my teacher ah. at the time prior to being able to ask it. So, of course, I... You know, came up with a fake question, and that was. But when it came down to it, I actually asked him um, point blank. I said, "Do you think that the government has any any say in what you know the message that we see on through the media, hmm. on the news, and, and whatnot?" And and he confronted with such a direct question, um, he managed to skirt it and avoid answering it, like a true politician, of course. Yeah. Um, that was, I mean, that's probably what really started me getting into the the way of thinking that uh, most of our listeners, you know, think. Um, that and I read uh, Behold the Pale Horse by William Cooper a couple times. And, I'm not familiar and, with that. What's, what is that? You're not? No, sorry, no. Wow. Mm. Um, I don't, Cooper I, was, I can't know what all the books are, my friend. Uh, Give me an executive it, summary. It, well... All I can say is just read it. I mean, all these books that have come out in the past couple of years have touched on things that are pretty much totally encompassed in that one book. It refers um, to the uh, Book of Revelations. No, no, no. not at all. Oh, he, okay. was, he was a he was a ex uh, naval military officer, yep. uh, military intelligence officer, and he published a collection of of uh, top secret documents and and. Hmm. Just basically his experiences when when he was in the military and his high level clearance, what he learned about oh God everything. I, I, don't, I don't know. So, I don't so it was fairly started. critical of uh, of the military and uh, government and the way it operates. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very good and very revealing. Um, the, that's that's so, the one word I guess I would say to to describe the book is just it's just revealing. So Kenny, what else is on your mind tonight? Um, I was remembering that. After 9/11, I read a uh, an article by a female reporter. I can't remember her name, but she predicted that eventually our our war effort over in you know well the the twin tower incident would lead to a war effort in the Middle East, and mm-hmm. the outcome of that would eventually be our invading 
Iran. Because, really? Yeah, well, because she said the reason for that was Iran is the the, the straightest route from the Caspian Sea to um, a U.S.-controlled area. And the Caspian Sea has the second largest natural uh, gas reserves in the world. It's all about those resources, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and I haven't, I haven't, I can't find the article anymore. I I don't know where it is, and I haven't, I've never heard anything more about that. But I was wondering if you guys had had heard anything like that. I haven't. Um, I don't know about you, gentlemen. I I have not. What on, on the article? The sorry. article he's referring to. I, I don't I, no, I What you might want to do is go to the bulletin board system at bbs.freetalklive.com. We've got so many people there that uh, that may be familiar with what you're referring to, and they might help uh, help you point uh, point you to it. Thank you for the call, sir. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I must get 30, 40, 50 ar- articles a day. Oh, and yeah. I, you know, I read the first paragraph, skim through, read the last, and, and see whether it uh, has anything that I want to talk about on the show. and. I'm only going to get to read one or two on the show sure, anyway. Sure, yeah. So it's just it's very difficult to have, uh, be entirely well read. Plus, I have to sell radio ads for Free Talk Live. Got to make the, the money. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> Otherwise, be nice if we, we won't get to read the articles and read articles all day. But uh, we got work to do. No, I'm, I wouldn't be interested in that job. Thanks. All right. So uh, continuing the phone calls to Trevor in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live, hey. Trevor. Hey, have you guys seen uh, the movie? Uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. No, I didn't. That really do pretty well in the box office. I'm yeah, not... but I, I think it was very offensive to gay people because, um, well, I mean, it was about two guys that had to, but well, they needed to become gay so that they like wouldn't lose their house. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was very confusing to me. So but, why um, was it offensive? Well, no, because they they had to become they had to become gay, and I think it's just like really offensive because you know they it's not like I think it's as, as offensive. As um, two guys had to become black, you know, to get an NBA. Like, cause NBA black players are good at wasn't NBA. there a, Wasn't there a movie where a couple guys, or maybe it was black guys that was pretended they were white, man? right? White Chicks was the name I, of the movie. I, I don't remember that. White Chicks. These right. role-changing role movies have a tendency to be pretty funny, and, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe you're being a little in, little sensitive on no, this, no, uh, Chuck no, and Larry. Then it's just like, like I don't know, they could have been, been Asian people, you know, to... Uh-huh. Uh, do you, does it strike home for you? So are you upset? Wait a minute. Are you upset that they chose? Are you upset that they chose gay people to uh, make jokes about? The gay community is not accepted in our in our community. It's just not. Who's saying that? Everyone. Everyone in the fucking world. Oh, you need to get out of here. You can't say that on the radio. You played around with him. 800-259-9231. You know what? The more you guys do that crap, the more likely we're just going to put a dump box in, and then you're never going to get on the air ever again. So, how's that feel? Right. No F-bombs. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. We know who you are when you call in. We could just drop you as soon as we hear your voice. Uh, let's continue with Mark in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Mark. Hello, Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? What's on your mind, Mark? Hey, a lot of those prank calls are uh, clocking up all over the place. Yeah, I know. Hopefully you'll keep this one clean. What's on your mind? That's pretty bad. Uh, I was going to talk about a nuclear bomb. Sure. Whenever you're ready. All right. Let's try Tom in California. You're on Free Talk Live, Tom. Hello? Hello. You're on the air. Hello? You're on the air, Tom. Hey. Um, what's going on? We're doing I'd a radio like say, show. What's going on with you, Ace? I'd like to say that uh, I love you guys. Thanks, man. Thank we you. really we love, love you. you. 800-259-9231. <laughs> that made yeah. me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. That one just fell flat. You know, as a uh, as a straight guy, I'm just a, a program by my wife. To whenever somebody says I love you, I, I love you too. 
<laughs> we do love our listeners and our callers, even the awful. I've drinkers. heard Rush go on the air and actually say, uh, you know, people say, "We love you." I re- love you, Rush, and they say, "Well, I love you too." Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> yeah, and it's just so weird. I know I don't love you. I don't know you. <laughs> I don't. Well, I, it's not a real love, you know. It's like the no. thanks the for listening. A, right. It's a, the love of a host, talk show host for a, someone who's taken the time to listen right. or call the radio. I'm glad program. you enjoy the show, and I'm uh, you know I'm glad you're on board and all that stuff, but. Yeah, it's I don't an appreciative know love. If yeah. I didn't have that love for my listeners and callers, then it, I might come across on the air as being uh, cold and and heartless. And I, some people might argue I come across that way anyway. Yes, well, that's that's what you are. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, you know what, Mark? You've got something about the dollar, right? So you got an email question. Actually, it's a continuation of an earlier email, but a secondary topic. Right. Um. The emailer goes on. Before D2Z started advertising with you, I was hearing Ron Paul talk about the decline of the U.S. dollar as a result of the Federal Reserve's printing press and uh, printing press of the money and wildly out of control spending by the Republicrats. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sufficiently concerned, but please walk me through what would it look like for the dollar to bottom out. Ian mentioned that he has a 30-year mortgage, and so do I. If the dollar is worth zero, or it takes uh, $3 billion to buy a pair of shoes, then what is the mortgage company going to expect? Um, first off, if you have any questions about the dollar uh, you know, crashing, d2z.org is a good place really, to go. really, really do- well done. Sorry. Right. It, it is very well done, and they have a lot of answers to that. But, but the short answer is, nobody knows when it's going to crash. We only know that it is going to crash. Well, what's it look like? Look at the last hundred years and look at what the dollar has been doing. Right. It's, it's, worth been? Three, it's worth three cents from when it was introduced in 1930. three cents now? It's, it's like four cents, three cents, two cents. It's dropped, what in, difference it's dropped in value 96 or something like that percent. More on the way and what China is going to do about the dollar here in a few moments. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, and you can take control even in these remaining moments at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. Hey, and Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com, all the features for free. So enjoy those on us. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we invite you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier, as have done hundreds of our listeners for as little as 3 bucks a month. concept is a simple one. Uh, if you like the show and you want to help us get on more stations across the country, head over to amp.freetalklive.com, learn about the program, get signed up, and... Uh, Join one of join our many many listeners who are sending in as little as three bucks a month to the show because we take that money in we turn it around into advertising the program to more stations and getting on more stations and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible and you get perks too like access to the amp only call in lines uh, amp only forum and chat room all the details at amp.freetalklive.com uh, Mark you just finished up reading an email about the currency situation the dollar in fact has been the question was, what's it going to look like when the dollar drops to zero? And we aren't going to be able to know really in advance when that happens, but I think what you should look at is what the dollar has done. Um, and that is, once the Federal Reserve was created and they took away the gold backing and silver backing from the currency in this country, immediately the dollar's value started dropping. And, it, of course, it has directly to do with the fact that they can print out as much money as they want to. In fact, they don't even have to turn on the printing presses these days. They just increment numbers in a uh, you know a computer system somewhere. And, of course, that's, that's what inflation is, an increase in the money supply, which drops the value of, uh, of the dollar. And we've seen the dollar fall something like 90 plus 96 percent 
over the last almost 100 years. We're, we're coming up on the 100-year mark for the Federal Reserve here pretty soon. Um, how long will it last into the future? No way to tell. Right. It could be tomorrow. It could be two years. It could be uh, two months. It could be 20 years. There's, there is no way to tell. People were predicting the collapse of the dollar in the 80s, um, and obviously it didn't happen. Uh, there are certainly times when it would have been a good idea to buy gold and um, and silver, and other times when it would have been a bad idea. These things are investments. They're commodities, and it's difficult to know. I personally own gold and silver as a hedge against inflation. Mm-hmm. I also would recommend have a 30-year fixed mortgage. Do not get one of those uh, fluctuating variable. variable rates because when the dollar does um, start to hyperinflate or inflate or whatever, the bank is going to change its interest based on um, you know what it what it can do. If sure. you have a 30-year fixed, yeah, essentially you've got a you know it's gold. I mean, it's fixed. They're not going to get any more out of you. You've already signed a contract yep. two years ago that said this is how much you're going to, interest you're going to pay, period. And this is what your payment's going to be. So if those dollars are essentially worthless, too bad. Don't let them tantalize you with a 1% down or nope. whatever the heck it is. You know, 1% per month. And remember, sir, you know, think about how the dollar has changed. In 1916, um, a haircut would cost you, you know, shave and a haircut. Two bits. Actually, in 1916, it probably cost you about 25 cents for a haircut. But either way, oh man! So two bits is 25 cents. You probably wouldn't have gotten the shave. It would have been 35 cents with the shave. Either way, now it's 12 bucks. Yeah, if you go to the barber shop, right? I go, I go, and I likely pay 20 for my haircut. Um, So there you You go. You can see it in your lifetime. 25 cents versus 20 bucks. You don't even have. You don't even have to go back that far. You can just go back in your lifetime and look at the prices mm-hmm. of, uh, of products. Now, remember, looking at the price of products can also be misleading because, on, for instance, some products, like you were talking about your alcohol buying experience once, rubbing alcohol, that mm-hmm. is, you know, um, the marketplace is so powerful and so amazing in its ability to reduce costs and increase efficiency mm-hmm. and that sort of thing that even though we've had massive inflation, it doesn't show up in the prices of some products because they, they're costs have gone down as mass production has increased and uh, demand has increased and that sort of thing. Right. So it is very well possible to find e- instances of products today that cost less than they might have 10 years ago. But in general... Those um, are not particularly labor-intensive products. Right. In general, you know, the fact is the government has increased the money supply, which has a, uh, as a result, uh, one of the... Um, one of the effects of that is that prices do go up, and all you have to do is look at uh, look at various. I mean, gasoline itself has really gone up in the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. It's been tremendous. Housing's uh, shot up. It's uh, it, in some markets now. It's it's uh, you know dying, but. Anyway, we could go on with those examples. The fact is, it's true. Uh, the government's been screwing the dollar, and now because they've been uh, operating in a debt sort of a situation. The Chinese government has uh, some serious cards that it's holding. And according to the Telegraph over in the United Kingdom, uh, the Chinese government has begun a concerted campaign of economic threats against the United States government, hinting that it might liquidate its vast holding of U.S. treasuries if Washington imposes trade sanctions to force a, uh, a yawn revaluation. Two officials at leading Communist Party bodies have been giving interviews in recent days, warning for the first time that Beijing might use its $1.33 trillion in foreign reserves as a political weapon to counter pressure from the U.S. Congress. Shifts in Chinese policy are often announced through key think tanks and, and academies. Described as China's nuclear option in their own state media, such action could trigger a dollar crash at a time when the U.S. currency is already breaking down would. through historic support levels. It would it, it would. Dis- Destroy the dollar if, the, if China did that. What and would they be doing? Just selling off their debt at you know pennies on the dollar, basically? Is that what they're if, doing? If you just flooded the market with all those uh, 
billion, uh, you know, a billion bills that uh, you know nobody had seen for you know that had been locked up in a vault somewhere. Man, mm. it would just be you know there would be so many of them out there. Supply and demand, the supply would go up. That's a great um, point. You know, the, the, whoever threatened China with these sanctions, uh, I don't know if the State Department or whatever uh, government bureaucrat said, well, if you don't do what we say, we'll sanction you. Somebody should go over there and kick him right in where the sun doesn't shine. Um, th- that's that's an awful idea. Look, China is our biggest trading partner. You do not take friends, people that you do business with, mm-hmm. and threaten them. You don't do that. Now, you know, I... Well, they're not doing business. They're the government. They we do business. Less. Uh, the businessmen do business. Government government threatens. That's what they do. And as a result, China is saying they could be using their foreign reserves as a bargaining chip in the talks with the United States. Uh, of course, saying that China doesn't want any undesirable phenomenon in the global financial order, but they're willing to do what they have to if thre- uh, sanctions are being threatened. Quote, China, uh, He Fan, an uh, official at the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences, went even further today, letting it be known that Beijing had the power to set off a dollar collapse if it chose to do so. Quote, China has accumulated a large sum of U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. Such a big sum, of which a considerable portion is in U.S. Treasury bonds, contributes a great deal to maintaining the position of the dollar as a reserve currency. Russia, Switzerland, and several other countries have reduced their dollar holdings. There's right. been news about that recently. The, the dollar, is, its position as the reserve currency of the world... Um, the, the currency in which the world does business is threatened. It absolutely is. Uh, the reason is is that the politicians um, you know, that are currently in charge, the Bush administration, has been very bad about its administration of the, um, you know, the, the Federal Reserve. Uh, here's what the threat is from the government. A bill drafted by a group of U.S. senators and backed by the Senate Finance Committee calls for trade tariffs against Chinese goods as retaliation for alleged currency manipulation, whatever that means. So there you go. Well, it's all currency manipulation. Yeah. I mean, you don't think printing uh, Federal Reserve notes is currency manipulation? Oh, sure. Absolutely it is. The United States government is the biggest... But uh, we're we the best government, so we can manipulate the currency. Right, the rest we're of you governments to. cannot. Speaking of manipulating the currency, um, I'm not sure if this was covered on Free Talk Live, but I do remember, uh, I think it was about a month ago, hearing that uh, a single party had purchased something like... It was a large amount of gold, like 70 tons of gold on the Swiss markets, mm-hmm. um, and there was speculation that it could be China trying to stage itself in case the dollar did, in case they did sell off the debt and the dollar-based holdings collapsed and China would hold a large amount of gold yep. you know, to stabilize their economy. So that was the speculation back then, but that does huh. that does go in line with what now. Some people saying. think that um, you know, probably thinking to themselves, well, the United States government is allowed to do whatever they want with the dollar; it's theirs. <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not theirs. The United States, the, the dollar belongs to the people. Remember, I have some in the bank. I currently have money in the stock market and mutual funds and that kind of thing. When the United States government prints up money and then... But it, you're just holding a bunch of worthless notes, Mark. I am not. not they're not really yours. They you're, absolutely are mine. Well, they, you didn't print them. I didn't. Well, so what? You've I, come into possession look, of them, but you I don't... I didn't print the books that I own on my shelf. They are from, mine. You can't stop them from printing more, I though. can't stop them from printing so you more. you don't own the value. And what I'm saying is they're stealing from me That's every correct. time they print money. They're taking a little bit of the value of each dollar that I've got. More people need to come become aware of that. And thank goodness Ron Paul's out there talking about it this uh, presidential season. Let's go quickly to Kent in Illinois. Kent, short on time, but just enough time for your thoughts. What's on your mind? Yeah, all I wanted to talk about really was my uh, experience in the Republican Party as a precinct committeeman for my district. Sure. And 
my experience was that there was a very, very strong emphasis on the big money uh, fundraising campaign event type things that happen in uh, big money districts within the larger district. So what you end up with is separating smaller communities that are, you know, working class, middle class people that are predominantly democratic in, in votership, but not necessarily in what they really think and believe as mm. far as their, their view on the role of government. It was really, it's really just the good old boy system, isn't it, Ken? It, it certainly is. It certainly is. And it almost seemed like they just gave up certain districts to the Democratic Party. Sure, back scratching. That's political yeah, uh, log rolling or whatever they call out. it. Yeah. We scratch your back, uh, you scratch ours, and uh, government grows and our freedoms suffer. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.